It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Alan Kenny, host of the Blatant Homerism podcast. Part of Sooner Sports Radio, a part of the V Sporto Network. Join us tonight is a guy I've been wanting to have on the show for a long time, David Ubbin of FoxSports.com, to uh, talk a little bit about Big 12 hoops with us. So let's go ahead and bring him in. David, what's going on, man? Not too much. Uh, hopefully, uh, Oklahoma's coaching staff will get out of this uh, this week intact. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! Can you believe that? I mean, uh, of all the, uh, I, I mean, less than twenty four hours after uh, they announced the coaching staff for the year, then they find out that uh, ace recruiter and uh, defensive line coach Jerry Montgomery is out. Um, you know, while I've got you, I know we're, we're supposed to be talking basketball, but I mean, just general thoughts on uh, on the latest news for the Sooners. I mean, it's obviously difficult. Um, you know, I'm working on a story now about, um, um, you know, just the logistics of, of coaches leaving after signing day and, and the sort of complicated um, ethical questions that it raises. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to say. I, I think, you know, I don't, I don't know Jerry Montgomery personally, but I, I think this sounds like a deal that, you know, uh, uh, was something he couldn't turn down. And, and, you know, it's obviously a huge blow to, to Oklahoma's coaching staff and, you know, a guy that uh, uh, had obviously earned earned his keep mm-hmm. recruiting, and you look at what Oklahoma did along the defensive line last year. You know, they hate to lose him, but um, you know, for me, I, I don't have a problem with coaches leaving after signing day. I think the only thing that that uh, you know, and it's again tough to prove, but I think the only thing that that, that rubs me the wrong way is if you prove a coach, you know, has uh, has. Um, uh, you know, blatantly lied about his, mm-hmm. his future at the school. And, you know, I don't have any reason to believe that was the case here, but uh, it, it's tough. You know, people say, you know, you commit to the school, not the coaches, but, you know, the school is, you know, it's, it's, it's not the boomer and sooner horse pigs in your living room mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, it's the coaches and those are the guys that convince you to come there. And, you know, it, it's tough because I, I think, you know, for some guys, they respond to different coaching styles different ways. You know, maybe some guys are, you know, if a coach has that drill sergeant approach, it, it only makes them shut down. And if a guy doesn't really know how to push them, it doesn't help them reach their potential. And, and most guys know their the, what's coaching style they respond to. And I can imagine it's extremely difficult that, uh, you know, if you're <laughs> – you have to know that you're probably not going to have the same position coach, you know, in four years. But you'd like to think four weeks or, you know, yeah. five days after you sign, it still be the same guy. So – a tough spot in some ways. That's the business, but it's still uh, it's difficult. I feel for the kids that, that just signed at Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, it, professionally, you can't you can't blame Montgomery. I mean, it's a chance to go to the NFL, but he had a big hand too in uh, recruiting guys like Ricky DeBerry to play that mm-hmm. linebacker there. So, uh, you know, it's even more than just the defensive line. So that's uh, yeah, it's a definitely a tough blow. I'll be interested to see which way uh, Oklahoma goes again with yet another hire, but. Uh, you know, the Sooner Hoops team last night, uh, quite the win over uh, Iowa State and what was actually a really exciting game at Lloyd Noble in the sense that it was two teams really getting up and down the floor. 
Um, you know, right now Oklahoma is really seems to be rounding into form. They went through kind of a, a lull there, but uh, you know, general thoughts. I mean, looking, I, I think everybody will, would agree still that Kansas is the best team in this league. But I mean, do you would you put uh, the Sooners at number two? I think you have to. I mean, just if, only, if yeah. nothing else, based on the standings alone, I think obviously West Virginia has wobbled. Oklahoma clearly looked uh, like a better team compared to Iowa State the other night. So, you know, they have to be kind of right there. I, I think, uh, you know, for, for the Sooners, they, they've certainly surprised a couple people. And that, you know, Buddy Heald puts up numbers quite a bit. But, you know, I, I don't know that, you know, he's necessarily the toughest guy one-on-one. I don't know how many how many people are really scared of him. But when he gets his shot going, I mean, he, he pours it on quick. And, and uh, you know, it's uh, certainly for Oklahoma, you know, you look at uh, um, that loss it's in an overtime uh, against Kansas State. That's one that I'm sure they'd like to have back. But, mm-hmm. you know, they'd have to be within a step. But, you know, there are other losses at West Virginia and at Kansas and then at Baylor. You know, none of those are, are bad. And, and you look at their total resume, you know, that Creighton loss and, and that K-State loss, they ones that that you you really if you're an Oklahoma fan you feel like man you know we we, mm-hmm. we would have liked to have had those but you know the rest of the the rest of the resume is just rock solid and the Sooners certainly I, I think will be on the the top half of the bracket I think they'll keep this going and uh, and we'll see you know I think a four three four five seed is definitely uh, what what the Sooners are angling for yeah yeah you know Saturday they're going to Kansas State maybe hoping to get a little bit of revenge against the Wildcats they got a home game with Texas coming up but. Then you look at it, you know, a couple breathers there that, until that uh, finishing kick with uh, going to uh, Hilton Coliseum and then uh, bring, hosting uh, Kansas to close out the year. So it's a it's a good finish. I mean, the Big 12 is just such a murderer's row. You look at that, man. I mean, uh, night in and night out. I, 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 I wonder, my, I guess my question would be for somebody who watches Big 12 basketball as much as you do, is, is this a conference that really is that deep with good teams or – I kind of wonder, is it a case where you have a lot of teams that maybe just have like a really decided home court advantage? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I think you go around to places, I think even, you know, Bramlage is a tough place to play. Yeah. You know, um, Obviously, you know, uh, Gallagher-Iber, when that place gets going, it's tough. West Virginia, with that press, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that really, when the crowd gets behind them, you know, energy is such a big thing. Obviously, you have the, the Hilton magic factor and then the, yeah. the mystique of Allen Fieldhouse. So in some ways, yes, but I, I do think you know these are just quality teams. And uh, I, Obviously, we've seen Texas and, and K-State kind of fall off a little bit. Uh, I think Texas has the talent to bounce back. I think they will make the tournament. Kansas State, I wouldn't be so sure about. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, with, with the Big 12, I, I do think it, it is as, as deep of a league. I, I think when Texas is going, they're certainly a top 25 team. Oklahoma State has, hasn't had a nice uh, bounce back in the last week and a half. But, you know, I, I think there are seven tournament teams. If K-State somehow figures out a way to, uh, to to right their ship, you could have eight. But, yeah, these are all, you know, legitimate teams. You look at the rankings. I don't see a, a Big 12 team that's really overrated. I, I think everyone is about where they where they belong and, and – uh, you know, it's it has been tough. I think you see this, the standings sort of um, shake out with the the weight of the schedule. You know, the mm-hmm. teams that are, are catching you know KU and Iowa State early on uh, are sinking down a little bit. But you know, it is going to be interesting. I, I it's going to be fascinating if Oklahoma manages to win that game at Iowa State, and you know, maybe they they, they get on a streak and they get to that. Uh, KU game with four losses. You got to figure KU will probably take one loss. You know, you never know. Oklahoma could be playing on the last uh, 
week of the last, you know, day of the season with a shot to to get win a share of the league title. Yeah, man, who would have thought that, uh, you know, given how they kind of struggled and scuffled at times there. But, uh, you know, the other, of course, the big dog in the league is Kansas. Uh, this is a team that, you know, despite the uh, loss over the weekend at, at Oklahoma State, still looks like the, uh, the cream of the crop there. Uh, didn't necessarily look that way early on. What's been the key to uh, the Jayhawks kind of uh, rounding into form? Well, I think anytime you lose so many contributors, you know, everyone talks about Embiid and, and Wiggins, mm-hmm. but, you know, no Tharp. And, you know, Perry Ellis has to kind of figure out what his role is going to be. And early on in the season, he's kind of their go to guy. And then Frank Mason emerges. And now you're seeing Devontae Graham grow up a little bit, Cliff Alexander kind of coming into his own. It's tough when you lose that many people. You've got to find an identity. And, and Bill Self does that well. And I think he pushes his guy as well. We've seen him. Um, you know, be take some some calculated shots at, at Cliff Alexander, challenging him at times this year. You know, he's he's earned his salt, and and this has been. You know, you look around the league, you look at Travis Ford and Scott Drew, and and Bill Self kind of gets swallowed up because of the the KU recruiting rankings. But those are three guys that have done as good of a coaching job um, as we've seen from them in a long time. And this KU team, you know, they don't have the. Uh, you know the top three pick uh, sort of guy. You know Cliff Alexander might be that eventually. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's drafted that way on upside. But you know he's in terms of contributing and in terms of his college basketball readiness, he's not playing anywhere near the level that we saw from from Wiggins and Embiid a year ago. Um, they just don't have those elite uh, guys that that uh, you know everyone's game planning for. Uh, every time they go up against KU, but they're a complete team. They found a lot more depth. I mentioned Devontae Graham's sort of emergence. And they just they can beat you in so many ways. They can do so many things, and they're just solid. And no moment is too big for them. When you've won ten league titles in a row, you know you kind of get pretty much the same KU team uh, every night, and that's that's huge in a league like this. You got to be consistent, and and they are that. Yeah. So looking at self, though, I mean, you know, his teams. I mean, they keep winning the league. Obviously, they've got a lot of talent. Uh, year in and year out, they recruit well. I mean, you know, guys like Wiggins, guys like Embiid, you mentioned. But I mean, is there something else about uh, the way he coaches his teams or the way these teams play that you think has been, uh, you know, kind of a, a key ingredient in that just sustained success over such a long period? Well, I think part of it is is obviously recruiting. You got to you got yeah. you got to have talent. But I, I think he is an interesting mix of of the players' coach and the and the sort of disciplinarian. I, I think he knows how to push guys' buttons, how to get guys to peak at the right time, and his teams always get better. And a lot of times, that's kind of intangible. You know, he doesn't have the daily improvement mantra that you see from Bill Snyder when you see his teams improve mm-hmm. every every. Uh, uh, a week throughout the season, but but KU always seems to do that. And, and I mentioned this earlier. You know, people pay a lot of attention to Kansas and you know their their uh, tournament failures with the losses to you know the Bradleys and and uh, you know some of the other early exits that they've mm-hmm. had. But three of the last four years, they've been the last Big Twelve team standing in the tournament. So it's not like they win the the Big Twelve title and just shut it down. You know, they've uh, been to national title games, won titles, and you know it, it would not surprise me at all. You know, we'll see how the the, uh, the bracket breaks out for them, but you know they're probably going to be, you know, at worst a three seed and and you know possibly a one seed when you consider the strength of their RPI and how much the committee takes that into account. Mm-hmm. But Kansas, uh, you know, they can catch some breaks and make a really really deep run, and and it, it, they're interesting too. You know, I always like teams in the tournament that, that don't necessarily depend on one guy. Yeah. You know, if if Brandon Green has an uh, has a rough shooting night or Kelly Oubre goes zero for six. 
that doesn't sink them. You know, they can they can beat teams a lot of different ways, and they have a good inside outside balance. In a lot of ways, they're built to make a run in the tournament. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that from KU. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think that uh, I really like the way they kind of spread the scoring load around. Um, uh, one of the teams that's beaten KU this year, Iowa State. Uh, this is a team that I mean, when they get hot, they can play with just about anybody in the country. Uh, I mean, general impressions, though, the Cyclones. I mean, is this the kind of team that you think is uh, capable of a deep tournament run? It, they could be. I, you know, I like them offensively. I, I, I think they remind me a little bit of uh, of the RG three Baylor teams. Let's say, <laughs> yeah. you know, they could score and they scare you. They've got a, a ton of talent. They're as talented as any team in the, in the league, but. You know, it comes to getting tough stops. I mean, you saw that against Oklahoma the other night. You see that when, when teams kind of blow up on them and, and, and try to bang down low, that, you know, it's tough for them to get stops. And, and you know, that's what happened to them out in Lubbock. Uh, they didn't defend the three very well. And if they run into, you know, Iowa State, I, I think it has the offense that could also, you know, that could get them into the Final Four or the Elite Eight. But, you know, when you look at what happened to them against Texas Tech, it's not hard to see them running into, you know, a Belmont or a Vermont mm-hmm. or one of those, thir- you know, 13, 14, 15 seeds that shoots, you know, 13 for 18 from three, and, and they get knocked out in the first round. I think you can go either way for them. Yeah, I know. I mean, I noticed I was looking through uh, SI.com's picks today. They uh, did, you know, one month left to go in the season. Their uh, final four picks and stuff. A lot of them were giving uh, the cycle and some love. And it's just they're such a volatile team. So uh, I'll be interested to see uh, which which version we get uh, come March Madness. Um you mentioned also Texas earlier. This is a really interesting team. A lot of hype coming in. Uh, you know, you, you heard a lot about guys like Miles Turner. Um, but, you know, he's been uh, really kind of, I wouldn't say disappointing, but just pretty quiet. You know, you, you they, this I mean, they Texas has struggled quite a bit. You, you're starting to once again hear people getting restless with uh, Rick Barnes. I mean, what's what's going on with the Longhorns? Yeah, you mentioned Miles Turner. I, I think he's saddled with the hype a lot of times. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think when when people um, you know you look at the recruiting rankings and everyone expects you know if you're a top five recruit, you know you're definitely going to come in and just dominate and be like a Jalil Okafor or an Embiid or a Wiggins or um, you know any one or the, one of the number of guys that have come through. Um, and and that's not necessarily always the case. I mean, you even look at uh, you know a freshman year a Blake Griffin type of guy mm-hmm. that you know was good, but you know it didn't really reach that sort of transcendent status yeah. until until later in his career. And so, you know, he has been good. It's been a solid freshman year. I mean, he's a defensive presence for them. He's got a nice touch. He's got a nice uh, little mid-range jumper game. But, yeah, he, he doesn't seem to be the guy that, that, that Texas can sort of lean on and, and doesn't seem to be the guy that can kind of kickstart the team, but still a, a good player. And Texas, you know, they're too talented to be as far down in the standings as they are right now. I mean, you look at, you know, Isaiah Taylor obviously has been hurt, but – you know, Jonathan Holmes has had a, a somewhat quiet year, um, and compared to, to the way that he played last year. Demarcus Holland, you know, a nice player for them, and uh, you know, it, they are a little confounding in ways. They've lost a lot of close games. Uh, you know, they, <laughs> that Oklahoma State one was a killer. You know, they had Iowa State at times as well, but uh, you know, they've just got to. This is the same team that, that took Kansas. Or, I mean, took uh, Kentucky. Um, you know. Uh, they took them pretty late, so they're good enough to beat a lot of teams and and shaky enough to lose to a lot of teams. But they've got work to do. I, I think if the season ended right now, you know they'd be a tough sell uh, in the tournament. And it's uh, they've got to 
uh, kick it into gear. And they still got tough games. And obviously, they, they still got to go to Oklahoma. Iowa State's on the schedule. They got a trip to Lawrence Baylor. I mean, there's a lot of losable games. And, you know, after they finish this run with, with TCU and Texas Tech, you know, that's that's five ranked teams in a row. And that's, you know, you got to at least go two and three, three and two in that stretch to uh, to keep uh, helping yourself. But, you know, even when you play in TCU and Texas Tech, those are not guaranteed wins. So, you know, it's uh, – Texas is, is by far the most confusing team and, and the most disappointing team in the league so, so far this year. Yeah, I mean, so much talent. It just seems, though, like we, every year it's the same story with them, though they just struggle so much to score, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think, uh, you know, part of that is, uh, you know, besides Holmes and Taylor, they don't have anyone that they feel like they can just give the ball mm-hmm. and have him go score. And, you know, I, I think Javon Felix gets a little trigger happy sometimes, and it's tough. I think, you know, when he's putting up, uh, you know, 10 shot nights, I don't know how high percentage that is for them. And, you know, Turner hasn't given them a ton uh, offensively. And, and, you know, like we said, they're, they're a confusing team, and it does seem like they're, they're struggling all the time to, uh, to uh, really get a hold of, of, of who they want to be offensively. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one of the uh, one of my biggest uh, issues with adding uh, West Virginia to the Big 12 was uh, the fact that it meant that I was going to have to root against uh, Bob Huggins, who is one of my favorite coaches, uh, who doesn't wear crimson and cream, of course. Uh, West Virginia is a, uh, a team to me that, uh, I mean, they live and die with that press. It seems like, uh, is that going to be enough though, to get them into the big dance at the end of the year? I think so. I, I think unless you see them completely collapse in the next couple of weeks, I mean, the, the, obviously the wheels are wobbly a little bit and, and it seems like the books out on them a little bit. If you make them shoot the three, uh, they just don't have enough guys on their roster that can shoot it. Um, and uh, to, to to dig them out of some holes and to get teams out of the zone, and it shuts down the penetration game from Staten, which mm-hmm. you know is, is a lot of what their whole offense revolves around. Devin Williams has been a nice player for them this year, but yeah, I think they'll be in the tournament, and I think for them, a lot of it's going to depend on draws. You know, if they draw a team that that has a bunch of uh, experienced good ball handlers, they're going to be susceptible, and you know, I, I think they're probably headed for somewhere in that six to ten seed area, and uh, that's you know. It, at that point, you know you're playing on. Pretty much every team can beat you, and you can yeah. beat pretty much every team. And it's it's all about matchups, and that's uh, I think that's going to be a story for West Virginia because some teams, you know, that press is going to eat them up, and some teams, you know, that press is going to be uh, something they're licking their chops to face. Oh yeah, oh absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Baylor, the uh, always confounding Baylor Bears seem to have kind of hit a. Uh, Bit of a you know they're they're trending up despite the loss to uh, Oklahoma State. Um, what is this team's calling card? I mean, what is it about uh, about this team right now that's helped kind of trigger that? Well, I think when you you look at what Rico Gathers does, beating people up in the yeah, lane. I mean, those night. a guy that's you know averaging six offensive boards a game. I mean, that's six extra possessions that you're getting that you shouldn't have. That that's you know a possible twelve points at the end of the game that's when you're playing so many tight games in this league you know that stuff adds up and uh uh, for them i mean he's obviously i I think their best player this year but you know they're intriguing that you know their sixth man is their leading scorer torian prince uh you don't see that every day (laughs) kenny cherry i I think has really come into his own as sort of a calming force for them last year it seemed like he's doing a lot of the same things he did a year ago he just is better at everything this Mm -hmm. year Uh, i think he's got a case as 
as maybe one of the best point guards in the league. I don't know that his numbers are necessarily there, but when you look at what he does for Baylor, uh, he's been as good as anyone. Jonathan Motley, a nice addition for them as well. Uh, they're another team that that is it's just pretty deep. You know, they run about seven, eight guys deep, and and uh, they've. They can get scoring from a lot of different places, and then you know gathers the trash man. You know, mm-hmm. averaging three more boards a game than anyone else in the league. That's you know that <laughs> that's yeah. just so valuable. And you know that's it's. Uh, I think he's averaging six boards, six offensive boards a game, and no one else in the league has more than I think three. And uh, it's, that's uh, insane. It's you know he just is. He's so aggressive down there. He has really good hands. And uh, he's, you know, being good rebounder is more than just being big. And I think you're seeing that with him. It's a lot of instinct. It's a lot of technique blocking out. It's having those hands. It's, 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 uh, you know, effort is a big part of it too. And and it seems like he just does everything perfectly in that area. And and uh, Baylor's the beneficiary there. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you're right. It's not just about being big, but man, guys just seem to bounce right off of him when he's uh, going to establish position down there. He is a he is a real force. Uh, it looks like I think the last team really that uh, would be on the right side of the uh, bubble at the moment right now would be Oklahoma State. Cowboys are hot, having uh, just knocked off Kansas and Baylor back to back. I mean. I look at this team and and I don't know how they're winning games. Honestly, I mean mm-hmm. Nash is Nash is can can score, you know, but otherwise they don't have they really don't have much offense. Uh, I guess Phil Forte, pardon me, is uh, is uh, also another one uh, marksman out there. But you know they've got a lot of guys who are are just kind of uh, role players. Otherwise, uh, what's Travis Ford? What kind of buttons is he pushing? Because uh, this is a guy, another guy that. I think there were a lot of questions about his uh, job uh, job security coming into this season, and right now he's doing an awfully good job with them. Well, I think, you know, the shots are falling a little bit on that. That's a big part of, of Oklahoma State, uh, you know, with, with Nash, that mid-range game. And, you know, he's, he's really developed on the post. His career is, is just fascinating. I, I don't remember, um, you know, the last time that we saw a player that coming to school was a, a presumed one-and-done guy. And ended up staying four years. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. it's so just odd. Um, but I mean, Oklahoma State. I mean, they read a little bit shaky to me. And you look at obviously their, um, you know, their their run the last week and a half with with Texas and Kansas and Baylor. And you know, a lot of those games could have gone either way. And you know, they, it seems like to me, you know, they have a lot more uh, close wins than they do close losses. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, for me that that scares me a little bit with Oklahoma State. I think they're definitely the shakiest team. You know, they're a team that's it's easy to see them, you know, as quickly as they get on a three-game winning streak, getting on a three-game losing streak. And uh, just because, you know, Nash has been – he's a good player, but I think consistency is is something that scares you with him. And, and Forte, you know, he knows he can get a shot as, as well as anyone in the league, that little uh, driving jump stop, little fade that he loves to shoot, mm-hmm. and then obviously his range and, and being able to get to the line as much as he does. Um, but, yeah, I mean – when they have an off shooting night or they get off to slow starts, like we saw them on the road earlier in the conference season, it's just tough for them to get back. And, and, uh, that's Oklahoma state, I think a good team, but you know, they're a team that, that obviously has some, some limitations and, and they've got to, uh, they got to win with defense and, I, and they've done that, you know, a little bit in the last couple of weeks, holding a bunch of teams of 50 and 60 points. And, and when you do that, you give yourself a chance, even when you don't have, you know, more than, than two guys that you can rely on as scorers. Yeah, and the thing that scares me the most about them too is is Hickey late in games with that free throw percentage. I mean, 
he just he just cannot hit, and uh, mm-hmm. I mean they have a hard time kind of holding leads. It seems like. Um, so closing, kind of closing out the uh, the show here. Buddy Heald, is he going to be player of the year, you think? It's close. I, I think right now he's leading, um, mm-hmm. but uh, there's still a lot of basketball to be played. I, I think, yeah. you know, for me, you know, when you look at his scoring and league play, it's tough to say anyone else, which is kind of ironic because, I, I, you know, when you look at his game, you know, I don't find him to be the most fun guy to watch uh, just because there's not a lot of, you know, he's not jumping out of the gym. He's not uh, Very flying flash. by people. Yeah. Yeah, but it, but you know you look at his numbers at the end of the games. He's pretty efficient and putting up points. But you know it's a close race. I mean you know Nash could get in the mix there. Rico Gathers could get in the mix there. You know even Forte might. I think maybe you get CC Frank Mason if he gets hot late in the year. He could get in the mix. There's just a handful of guys that I think could could make a case for themselves in the last uh, in the last few weeks. And I think he's leading. I, I think uh, at this point he would win. You know, somewhat comfortably, but uh, like I said, a lot of basketball has to be played. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, still uh, six or seven games left for everybody, so uh, it'll be a uh, be a very, very fun, uh, interesting finish. Given the way the league has uh, been so competitive all year, well, David, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Let everybody know where they can uh, follow uh, follow you on Twitter and everything, where they can find all your stuff. Yeah, just David Ubbin at uh, you know the, the uh, Twitter, just uh, my first name and last name, and FoxSportsSouthwest.com. You can find all that stuff there, and the link to just my stuff is on my Twitter page. And uh, yeah, come uh, come check it out. Uh, go, of course, go to check out everything that David's doing over there. He does a great job covering all things Big Twelve basketball and football uh, there for Fox Sports Southwest. So, thanks again, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show. No problem. I appreciate it. And thank you all for joining us, too, for the Blatant Homers and Podcast. I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.